Most people have asked themselves at some point or another, what should I do with my life? How you eventually answer this depends on all sorts of things. Your interests, gifts, exam results, and any potential jobs, salary, location, status, etc. For some, this comes easily. You may have a dream, an ambition, and you are unwaveringly set upon achieving your goal. For others, any sense will be nebulous at best, and you will anxiously seek something that tallies with your needs and hopefully your desires, but lack that burning conviction. If I'm here this evening to say anything, it's this. Regardless of how firm or not your plans may be at this point, the one thing about which you can be absolutely certain is that you have some definite work to do, work that only you can do. The word most commonly used for this work is vocation. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, vocation is a strong feeling of suitability for a particular career or occupation. Most significantly, at least for my purposes this evening, it comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. Our vocation is the work God calls us to do. Our vocation needn't be separate from our career. Indeed, if we are to be successfully integrated people, the two should go hand in hand. A common misconception is that vocation is the property of the religious. This is not the case. Our vocations will be many and varied. Teaching, healthcare, law, academia, business, the list could go on and on. Nor is vocation always a single thing. We can have several vocations at once. We can have a vocation to be a priest or a doctor or whatever at the same time as having a vocation to be a partner or a parent. The vocation to work and the vocation to be in relationship are by no means mutually exclusive, as our vocation to love and to be loved often feeds our vocation to do whatever we are called to do in the world. So let's return for a moment to this idea of calling. In our first reading earlier, we hear of God's call to the boy Samuel. Despite the fact that Samuel had been dedicated to the service of God by his mother Hannah even before his conception and lives in the temple ministering to the Lord, we are told that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Indeed, when God calls, Samuel mistakes him for his teacher, Eli, a priest in the temple. God calls Samuel more than once. He persists. God persists with us too. He keeps calling until we finally listen and recognise his voice, which can happen in a moment or be the work of a lifetime. 
As a director of Ordinance, I spend much of my working life thinking and speaking about vocation and listening to others' sense of calling. However, as you heard earlier, before I occupied my current role, I was a college chaplain just across the road at Hartford for six years. And during that time, I spent a lot of time with students thinking around what they might be called to do, both within and outside the church. Sometimes, students felt a desire to explore some kind of life of service, inspired by their experience of God. And I never ceased to be shocked by the response of parents and peers to this. When students told their family and friends that they were considering becoming, for example, a priest, feelings often ran high. The word that seemed to emerge again and again in response to vocation is waste. But you're so talented, they'd cry. You're clever. You'll have an Oxford degree. You could do anything. Why would you waste your life in this way? In the light of such responses, it can be extremely difficult to stay true to what one feels is right to be countercultural, to realise that understanding our vocation is not a case of thinking, what would I like to do? What would make people admire me? What would earn me lots of money? Rather, vocation is a matter of discernment. It requires self-knowledge, which is often painful, and self-acceptance, which requires humility. It also requires the courage to trust our instincts and sometimes those of others and risk launching ourselves into the unknown. This is the scandal of responding to God's call to serve him. And after this risk, what do we receive in return? Jesus promises to those who answer his call abundant life, a life with meaning and purpose. It is this call to real life, fullness of life, which demands our response. The one hope to which we are all called is to use our diverse talents and passions to build up one another in love, to make manifest the glory of God that is the vocation of each one of us. <coughs> we are all called. And paying attention to that call, discerning our vocation, is vital because it is the means by which we become whole. It is a unique gift bestowed on each of us through grace in order that we might be liberated through service and find peace in being the people we were created to be. It cannot be wasteful to choose life in all its glorious fullness. <coughs> we most clearly see vocation realised in the person of Jesus Christ, who is life itself. Jesus calls us friends, and as such, we are invited to participate in bringing about God's kingdom of freedom,
justice and peace. Through Christ, we are brought into the life of God himself. Through our vocations, each of us has been appointed to play our unique part in God's plan of salvation and, through grace, to have the opportunity to respond to God's creative purpose in us. Of course, I don't know why each of you are here this evening. Perhaps you wish to learn more about Jesus. Perhaps you love the music at Evensong. Maybe you're a fan of Father Robert or fancy someone in the choir or don't feel like an evening in the library and have little else to do. But whatever your reason for being here, know this. God has made you for some definite purpose and he is calling you to serve him in order that you might have abundant life and be the person that you were created to be. Will you listen? Will you respond in faith and hope? I'd like to finish with a prayer by one of Oriel's most notable past members, John Henry Newman, which I think holds all things together. Our individual vocations played out within the context of the community life we share. So let us pray. God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me which he has not committed to another. He has not created me for naught. I shall do good, I shall do his work. I shall be a preacher of truth in my own place while not intending it, if I do but keep his commandments and serve him in my calling. Therefore, my God, I will put myself without reserve into your hands. What have I in heaven, and apart from you, what do I want upon earth? My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the God of my heart and my portion forever. Amen.